Hey guys, welcome to the Keep Sounding podcast, the official podcast of Cat Scratch Reader. I am Brad. I am filling in for Brian tonight, who is busy doing something other than this show. Uh, I'm joined with John, who is also here tonight, who is not, not busy. <laughs> How are you, John? I'm doing great. I have my priorities in line. Yes. Shout out to Brian, who once again dipped on us. Um, <laughs> But, for no you know, good reason. For no good reason. It's like, you know, employment or some other excuse. I can't remember what it was now. He said something like that, but I, I, what yeah. I read was, I just don't want to do the show, guys. I just don't want to do the show. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, I'm here. I'm committed. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know. You, you, you wish everybody would be that way. Yeah, I wish everybody was as committed as we are. But, hey, what can you do, you know? Yeah. But But, you know. We're here we now. Lost. We we're here now. We're, we we lost a game again, and uh, <laughs> I know Brian and I have talked about the Bucks game and in the post game show. If you haven't listened to it yet, you know, feel free to download it and listen to it on your podcast app of choice. Um, but John, you weren't a part of that show, so what did you th- see or think about the Bucks game? So I had to leave at halftime. So, oh, well, you picked the right time to leave. So, apparently, so from what I saw, it was great. Yeah. Was a good game. Very hard fought, contested to the end. Um, Panthers held their own. Right? That's how, that's how it went all the way, right? Not quite. <laughs> I did, I did go back and watch the second half, uh, on Monday, I think, Monday or Sunday after Monday. Um, so I did see the whole game. Um, it was a lot less fun watching the second half than it was watching the first half. So, yeah. uh, there was that. Yeah, the first half was great. Like we were winning up until like right at the end of the half, and then it was seventeen to seventeen at halftime. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we're we're gonna give them a run for their money. We're gonna make them <laughs> earn it. And then, you know, the, the, and then third the second quarter happened. <laughs> <laughs> what is Matt Rule saying to these guys at halftime? Because this is like the third or fourth game where the third quarter has just been the utter like shits. And we just can't do anything. I think, well, there's something about like threes because we're also down, bad at third downs. And um, we're really skills. bad at third downs. <laughs> uh, so some of the stuff and this, I think it's the third quarter. I think it's these situations where. Um, and this is why I think we have the red zone problems. And I think all of these main problems tie into it. I think it's just because the players aren't very good yet. So like. So? Well, like, so, you know, you have your game plan in the first, you come out in the first half, you have the game plan, you have everything kind of sorted out. And then I feel like to make adjustments, I, it's like when when you take the coaching out of it. So, so like the third quarter, I feel like is kind of where teams kind of know what the other team is doing. And you can't really, it's harder to out coach a team in the second half if they're competent and making adjustments and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the Panthers are pretty much, they have a bottom tier roster, especially defensively. So I just feel like after a certain point, they just kind of run out of gas and run out of ideas, and then they just aren't as good as the other teams. Yeah, it's weird. You would think that, like, with the running out of gas and stuff, you you would think that would be the fourth quarter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, we're we're actually kind of decent in the fourth quarter. I mean, we weren't <laughs> last week, but usually we are. It's the third quarter that's always terrible. And I think, I think you might be onto something with your theory that we just don't have very many good players. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think there's some kind of curse or hex going on with number <laughs> three because, man, I the third down defense is probably the worst attempt at doing something I've ever seen a professional group try to do. Like we're so bad at getting and off the field on third down. You, you know, the you, craziest part about it is too, is the Panthers aren't even the worst. Yeah. We're, we're 31st, right? Yeah. Unless something's changed, but the Titans were last. The Titans are last. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I figured it would have been one of like the jets or no, like the Titans, one of the other teams that are terrible. I didn't think it would be one of the, the actual good teams. <laughs> well, the Titans are they're teetering on good. Um, but yeah, the Titans are they have the same problems that the Panthers do where they cannot rush the passer at all. Yeah. And that is a big determinant of um like of third down defense. Sorry. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder. It's kind of a chicken or egg thing. Are we so bad at rushing the passer? Because oh, we are, Phil we Snow are only now. only rushes three, or does Phil Snow only rush three because we're so bad at rushing the passer? Like, I, I've wondered that too. You know, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Like, so, I mean, he's been around for so long. He has to know, like, the talent that he's got available. And, I mean, because he, he won't even, like, try to bring more pressure. Well, we did – like we we didn't do this all season. Like we we were rushing for for most of the season up into this like up to this point, um, the last couple of weeks. I wonder if it's just like, hey, we're not getting pressure anyway. We might as well drop one of those guys into coverage since they're just standing in the offensive line anyway. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the process, <laughs> the thought process is. But that's that's my like. That's I think like like you said, it could be it could be either way thing if the pass rush is already bad you think it makes sense we might as well just lean into having a bad pass rush yeah i mean i almost kind of wish we would just blitz on every play yeah Uh, i mean we'll give up you know 65 yard touchdowns but you know who cares at at least we'll sometimes get to the quarterback but it also makes it look just from an optics perspective especially from a casual fan uh it looks like you're trying harder yeah, it looks better if you if you just blitz on every play. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to make something happen as opposed to just playing soft. Yeah, and because nobody hates anything more than passive prevent style defense. Like yes. that, fans hate that more than anything. And they and, will call your defense prevent even if it's any sort of zone. Yes, if if it's not all out blitz, all eleven guys, it's prevent. Um, so, but, you know, I think we should at least try it every once in a while, especially on third down. Like we're going to give up the first down anyway. Mm -hmm. We might as well try to make something happen, uh, especially on third and like more than 10 yards, just, just send the house and see what happens. They're going to get the first down if you sit back in a zone. So at least try to make, make the quarterback, make a mistake. Cause we're not doing that. We're not forcing mistakes. We're not forcing punts. Um, like, I I think we've forced, what, two punts in the last three or four games? If <laughs> it's that. 
Well, that's the that's the the third down defense. Yeah. Which, by I the mean, way, Alibi's test eight. We're we're actually last now. We are okay. Yeah, it well, felt hey, last at least we're last weeks. at something. But um, <laughs> or first, we have the first, highest yeah. third down defensive percentage. That is cool. <laughs> it's a win. And we're also um, we're one of the worst third down offenses too, aren't we? Uh, I will pull that up. But um, I wanted to get to something that was said in the after in the after the show that nobody else heard. But you guys <laughs> wanted to call me out about something with the uh, the run game. Yeah, twentieth and third down offense. Okay. Yes, I did want to call you out on something because you're the known hater of running the football. Correct. Uh, and Somewhat. you would you would rather teams not even have running backs at all. Yes. Um. Never so, hand the ball off. Never hand the ball off. And you know the game really it was competitive until Ronald Jones scored a touchdown. Uh, how did he do that? Um. <laughs> Oh, that's right. He ran at 98 yards. Um, so I, I would just like for you to explain how okay. running the ball doesn't matter. <laughs> so I know you're being facetious, but yes, I am. <laughs> this is, uh, but this is just a general thing, and we don't need to get in a long drawn out thing. But it's something that I've been seeing a lot of still because people understand. Um, when I say stuff like teams need to de-emphasize running the ball. And it's not as good. It there it is a this is still a human sport played by human beings. It's not a science. So th- there are not so if I if I say like throw it more because it'll lead to better outcomes, that does not mean every single individual play is better if it's a pass play. It's a accumulation of improved like a higher probability thing. Like if you're gonna say you have to roll a die, and if you have to get four or higher on this die for it to be yes and a three or higher on this side to be yes, it doesn't mean the four or higher die is always going to be the right one. It just means if over a large sample, it'll be right and more. And that's the whole thing with the running game thing is like sometimes if your run defense sucks, it will cost you a game, but it will happen less often than if your pass defense sucks. And so you have to look at big picture. Okay. So this is why the arguments, which like I said, I know you guys are being facetious with it, but when people are like, see, the Buccaneers ran well and they won. So there goes your argument. Like, no, like uh, individual anecdotes do not disprove a large finding, but yes, that run was not good. Yeah. It legitimately that sequence. And we'll get to the other part of, of it in a second. That's what turned the game around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what frustrates me more is the fact that they let Ronald Jones run for 98 yards or the fact that Shaq Thompson literally called out what play they were going to run before <laughs> yes. the ball was snapped because it was the same exact play that in the previous game where Leonard Fournette run ran it for like 50 yards. They ran the same play. They just did it with Ronald Jones instead of Leonard Fournette. It makes you wonder why they don't call that play um, questionable coaching there. Yeah, just call that play every time. I mean, it, it's guaranteed to get at least 50 yards. Um, but Shaq Thompson literally called it out, out loud, before it, the ball was snapped, and he still ran for 98 yards. To hear Whitehead is terrible. <laughs> yes. I, no I news think there. That I, yeah, it's not really breaking news, but, I mean, 
and Brian and I kind of touched on this during the game. I mean, it, you have to be an elite player or athlete to be in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just any average person doesn't make it to the NFL. Like, because there are, I don't know how many thousands of college football players that don't make it to the NFL. Yeah. But among his NFL elite, also good athletes and players, peers, Tahir Whitehead is terrible. Yeah, I think whenever you talk about professional athletes and their athleticism, it's with the understanding that you're comparing it to other athletes. Yeah, like he, he would he would destroy me in an athletic competition. Yeah, but compared but, to other NFL players, he's not a good athlete. No, he's not. He he is a bottom five NFL linebacker. Yeah, that gets regular playing time probably. Yeah, I mean he's he's arguably the worst starting middle linebacker in the NFL. I don't know if there's a middle linebacker starting for another team that's worse than Tahir Whitehead is. It would be, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't study other teams' linebackers, but it would be hard just because just on the sheer fact that he he's been playing fewer snaps than he did at the beginning of the season. But for how much he plays and the position he plays, the fact that he is so rarely involved in plays says a lot. Like yeah, I know like, he should be leading. Lead. He should be among the league lead, or the team leaders in tackles. Yeah, just because he's a linebacker and he's nowhere near. Yes, he's and like yeah, so he's like getting roasted in coverage, which is very obvious to see. And then he's just like not making plays in any other phase of the game. Like we were used to Luke Keekley, who obviously is not a fair comparison for anybody, but it's just like no matter what the play was, he was always around the play at the end of it. And to hear Whitehead is always just like he's not. He's yeah. the opposite of that. Yeah, and and you're right. It's not fair to to Whitehead to compare him to Luke Keekley, but that's really all we have to base it on. But I mean, he's not even he's not even as good as like AJ Klein was, no. or um, OJ Mayo, or 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 May or David Mayo, or, David or Mayo. OJ Mayo. yeah, OJ That's Mayo was OJ Mayo probably is a better linebacker than probably. Um, but you know, he's not better than than those guys. He's not better than. Um, what's his face that that retired? Um, with us, he was like a special teams linebacker. Um, Ben Blackburn, Chase, well, Chase Blackburn, Ben Jacobs. Jacobs. You know, Tahir Whitehead is 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 not as good as Ben Jacobs was, and Ben Jacobs was a special teamer, and it's it's infuriating. (laughs) Yes, he's no, he's he's very bad. Um, but I think in all from that game, like. It was a bad loss, but I'm not. I don't care. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, this, the first half was great. Like we kept up with them, and then the the Ronald Jones touchdown, and then Teddy Bridgewater throwing an interception on the literal next play mm-hmm. from scrimmage. That the wheels fell off the wagon at that point. Yeah, like, sometimes, and that it, happens in football, and that just happens. Yeah, we're a bad team. That's what happens. Well, it's not like other sports where, like, if, you, if another team goes on a run or a rally, you have a lot of time to get back on track. Especially, but the football, especially in the second half, if you have like a two or three possession stretch, that um, that could completely change the complexion of the game, which is what happened here. Like, so we give up the big run after a great play on special teams, by the way. Yeah, it was a, um, an outstanding punt, and then that happened. Yeah, <laughs> and then you give up the, the run, and then you give up, and then you turn the ball over, and then you give up another touchdown, and now all of a sudden, in the span of like ten real time minutes, it's gone from a tie game to you're getting blown out. Yeah, and it's so and two it, minutes has gone off the game clock. Yeah, 
and then and then everything is just kind of like it it completely changes how you approach the game uh there's also the mental aspect of just like oh man what yeah. happened so yeah. you're kind of reeling and all that stuff so the bucks are a better team we knew that going in yeah um, the bucks have a legitimate shot at like making it to the nfc championship game like they're they're good especially yeah. now with Drew Brees out. Like they have a shot at winning the division and everything now. They're they're actually good and there's no shame in losing to them. I I mean we kind of expected it. Um I do want to give Matt Rule a special shout out. Uh I I'll, well I want to criticize him for one thing and then give him props for another. We've got to stop faking punts. <laughs> we uh, need to dial it back a little bit. Dial I, it back, I, like I get it. You know, it's fun, but we're, this isn't Temple. <laughs> it's not Baylor. Uh, NFL teams have figured out that we're going to do it. So you you got to kind of let that one go for a little while. Just go for it. Like, if you want to go for it on fourth down, just keep the offense on the field and go for it. Yeah, you just kind of have to expect that if you've picked, if you've converted fourth downs with like 20-yard plays on fake punts two weeks in a row, that the other team is going to be on alert every yeah. time you punt it. <laughs> Yeah, just just keep keep the offense out there and there's well with Teddy, I mean it's kind of a toss up considering he refuses to throw the ball more than 5 yards, but Oh yeah. But um with you're more likely to get a first down on fourth and 9 or longer with your offense than you are with a fake punt. Yeah. Like you but, said, especially when you've done it 2 weeks in a row, like Teams are going to look at, at it too. successfully. Yeah. yeah. Teams are going to look at it. And it the, the best part about that was Charlton looked lost. Like he had <laughs> no idea what to do. Um, yeah, I, I do love it when punters get stuck as a ball carrier. They're not ready for that. Yeah. They are not prepared. Um, but I do want to give Matt rule props and I know you're going to agree with me um, going for two in the fourth quarter when down by nine points. Yeah. He made the right call. I know a lot of people get mad because he they didn't get it. But going for two when you're down by nine is the right call. And here's why. If you get you have to assume you're going to get it. And if he would have gotten it, it wouldn't anyway. have, yeah, it's it wouldn't have mattered. But if you fail, you're still down by two possessions, but you know that. Mm-hmm. If you kick the extra point, you're down by eight points, but you don't know if you're going to give up points. You don't know if you're going to be down one possession or two. Like if you give up a field goal, now you're down two possessions and you've run out of time. If you're down nine points, you know you have to score twice. So you change your game plan accordingly. You also, you also just, you should just convert the two point conversion anyway. Um, but you, you, you get more information by going for two. And also you have to go for two the second time if you score another touchdown anyway. And if you miss that one, it's the same thing where, uh, yeah, you have to score another possession with less time to do it. Yeah. And if you, you're probably out of time because unless you budgeted for the possibility that you got that one, you missed that one as well. It's, um, and the other thing that kind of, fails to be considered in these analytic things with this two-point conversion and stuff because I feel like the options are either you lose or you don't lose when the objective is to win. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
tying the game up just makes you go into overtime. Like you still lose the game in overtime. You haven't won anything by sending the game to overtime. Yeah. And so like the whole idea of like, we just got to set yourself up to tie it and then you go to overtime. It's like, well, or you could just go for two. And if you get it, you can go for two again and win. Um, you know, the touchdown because sometimes you have a better odds of converting one play from the two yard line than you do of winning in overtime. Yes. Yeah. Because winning in overtime, that means you have to either win the coin toss and score a touchdown or lose the coin toss, prevent the other team from scoring a touchdown and then score a touchdown. Or there's too many variables yeah. when it comes to overtime. So um, yeah, play to win the game in, in regulation. Um, and you know, I just, I, you know, the old adage has always been try to keep the game within one score. And that's not a good strategy anymore. Like that, that doesn't yeah. work in 2020. Uh, you, you, your, I, your ideal scenario is to just win the game, not it's just to score as many points as you just can. score as many points as you can, not, you know, Oh, well, we've got to keep it within one score. Well, yeah, that's fine, but that's too luck dependent. You have yeah. to, you have to score theoretically and preferably every time you get the ball. And you just have to maximize your chances of, of adding points. And so I fully am on board with going for two in that scenario. I'm honestly on board with going for two every time you score a touchdown. <laughs> it's, I've, 538 did a study, like a statistical thing a few years ago. And, basic, and it was like, uh, I don't remember what the whole situation was, but it's basically like it showed what the better play was. If you should kick the extra point or go for two. And in general, if you're losing, you should almost always go for two. Yeah, you should. Because no matter what, no matter what the eight numbers points are. points are better than seven. Yeah. And seven points isn't that much better than six. Yeah, and then unless it's something real obvious, like if you need just like one point to – like if going for two gets you within one instead of – and a kicking extra point, like yeah, gets you within two. Point, like if you're down by nine and you score a touchdown – to make it to where you're down by three, it, it doesn't really matter if you go for two or kick the yeah, extra point. Because exactly. like, you still have to kick another field goal either way. Yeah. So at that point, yeah. it just depends and on who your kicker is. Because it's also, you can't... <laughs> and you also don't want to, like... You have to kind of assume that if the other team does score, too. Like, if you're down... If you go for two... Like, the Panthers are down nine... And they go for two to try to go down by down by seven. Like if they get it, or like if the Buccaneers can still like kick a field goal or something. Yeah. And you're in a better position down by ten than you are if you're down by like you're not in it's not any different. Like you didn't benefit at all by going down from from that situation. Anyway, I'm stumbling over my words. We gotta move on. Uh I do wanna say all this losing, the Panthers, for those that care, are now picking ninth. Um, and they're very close and they're only a half game up on Washington, who is currently picking third. Wow. So. So picks four through eight are just. Washington, Dallas, Chargers, and. Oh, this is Dolphins via the Texans are all two and seven. And then the Bengals are two, six and one. And the Giants are tied with the Panthers at three and seven. So all those teams are in play. Uh, I guess that's a good transition to around the NFL because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the gift that keeps on giving. 
<laughs> so DeAndre Hopkins had the big Hail Mary catch over three very good defenders. It wasn't just like three scrubs back there. Like it was Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and uh, Tredavious White that yeah. he beat for that jump ball. I um, still can't believe he came down with that. I can just because it's DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I can believe that he caught it because it's Mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. I still can't believe Kyler got it there. Yeah, that was an incredible throw. Yeah. Um, And the catch, obviously. It's just it's with DeAndre Hopkins. When, like, I saw it was DeAndre Hopkins, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. If it was anybody else, I'd be like, that was – I can't believe it. But DeAndre Hopkins is almost expected to win those. But uh, with that win – so – Imagine trading that guy for a second-round pick and a washed-up running back who I think might be – he's on IR right now. I don't know if he's out for the year or not. But Knowing, uh, knowing Bill O'Brien and how karma works, he probably – David Johnson probably is out for the year <laughs> um, because that's just how the world works. But, but yeah, but, just imagine making that trade. And also with that trade, the Texans are now 2-7 and because they lost again uh, to the Browns. And they would be picking sixth if the season ended today and they didn't trade their pick. So yeah. right now the Dolphins are currently uh, slated to make that pick, which being of the Dolphins ties into the next thing. If the season ended today, the playoffs would not include the Patriots, but they would include the Bills, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. That's and the Browns crazy. are also tied for a spot with the, one of those last playoff spots in the AFC. That's crazy. Be, I know. Like, imagine. So, theoretically, the Browns could like uh, play the Ravens and win. There would be no Patriots in the playoffs, and there would be Bills, Raiders, Dolphins, Cardinals, Buccaneers, and Browns in the NFL playoffs. That's. I don't think that's ever happened, <laughs> and if it is, it hasn't happened since like two thousand or 1999 or like before Tom Brady. Well, the bills alone is a big yeah, addition to the playoffs, but like those are a lot of teams that for the last, you know, I think the Cardinals had that little stretch with Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer, but for the most part franchises that are not synonymous with like being playoff teams. And I don't think any of them are legit contenders, but it's just weird that we could be seeing like a dolphins Raiders game in the playoffs. Like that's not a playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> at least not in this like last two decades. Like that's a 1975 AFC, yeah, yeah, divisional yeah. round game. <laughs> We're like John um, Madden versus Don Shula. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's probably the last time those two teams played a game in the playoffs. Yeah, against each other. Um, um one more Dolphins thing. I guess it's just a big Dolphins podcast now. Um. The Dolphins have made the strongest case yet for running backs don't matter. Um, in the offseason, I don't have the details in front of me, but they I think they signed Jordan Howard and they traded for Matt Breida. So so they got some names at running back. Um, Matt Breida has been in and out of the lineup. And even when all of them are healthy, Miles Gaskin, a sixth round pick out of Washington, has been dominating their backfield touches. And then Miles Gaskin got hurt and Matt Breida is hurt. Jordan Howard is a healthy scratch on Sunday, and um, Salvan Ahmed was the bell back, rushed for like almost 100 yards. That sounds like a made-up name. Yeah, I can't even read it. Yeah, that sounds like he's a guy that he won like a fan contest <laughs> to get to play running back. Yeah, he, he ran 21 times for 85 yards, and Jordan Howard, who used to, uh, he might be like a former pro bowler. 
was a healthy scratch and he got waived on Monday. Um, but a little, little fun fact about Jordan Howard. Do you know, or I'm sure you hadn't, but, um, and he was a pro bowler. Jordan Howard's stats this year are hilarious. So, uh, he started last week and he had a pretty strong, he had the best game of the season. He carried 10 times for 19 yards. That's his best game. Yes. Because prior to that, (laughs) he had 18 carries for 14 yards and one catch for minus three yards. Wow. So he had 19 touches. That's bad. That is, that's how you lose your job. Yeah. I mean, I agree that running backs don't quote unquote matter. Um, I do think that it's one of the, those positions where you can just grab a guy in the sixth round mm-hmm. and be okay. There's, there yeah. are exceptions. Like yeah, I yeah. think Christian McCaffrey is an exception because he's a wide receiver and a running back. Uh, Dalvin like, Cook's an like, exception. Yeah. Like Curtis Samuel. Uh, <laughs> he's a running back and a wide receiver. Uh, and like Alvin Kamara, um, guys like that. Um, Derrick Henry is kind of a borderline exception because of his sheer size. Yeah. But, you know, just your standard running backs like um like Matt Breida, um, you know, those guys, yeah, just they're a dime a dozen in today's NFL. I mean Yeah. So it was just it was funny because that was my thought when I saw that uh Salvin Ahmed was getting all the carries. I'm like, whatever happened to Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, and I saw Jordan Howard as a healthy scratch. I'm like, hmm. It's interesting, and then I looked up his stats. Like, oh, that's not so interesting anymore. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Well explained. Yeah. Um, speaking of disappointing stats, I learned the other day. I think it was yesterday. I saw this on Twitter, uh, and this is more evidence for the Dak Prescott for NFL MVP. Oh God! Um, yes. Trade. He still has more passing yards than four quarterbacks, like full-time starters. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, I can't remember all of them. I don't think I know Lamar Jackson was one of them, which to be fair, he adds dynamics to um, the offense because he can run the ball too. Um, Cam Newton was one of them, um, which same thing as Lamar. Uh, Drew Locke was one of them. Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield was the other one. Yeah. He Dak Prescott still has more passing yards than those four quarterbacks who have all played almost twice as many games. He's also one spot. I mean, he's 140 yards behind, but he's one spot behind Carson Wentz. Yeah. Dak Prescott is the 2020 NFL MVP. <laughs> yes. That was, I think I said, I think I said this once, but I'm going to plug, plug it again. Uh, before the season started, we had to do those tally side things where we picked all like the end of season leaders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I picked Dak Prescott to lead the league in passing and to be the MVP. Um, I feel great about that pick. I hate that yes. he broke his ankle, not just for the pick for him as a person too. He yeah, I know, but he, but he would have probably been the MVP. If with not how bad their defense he, is, he was going to throw for like 6,000 yards. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, he honestly, if I'm his agent, I know he won't get it, but I am not, I am asking for the Patrick Mahomes contract. Yes. If I'm Dak Prescott, baby. <laughs> I know, don't at me. I know he's not going to get it. I know that. I understand that, but I would ask for it. 
I mean, he's he's given himself a very he's put up a very strong case for that. Yeah. Um, on the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, one of the, the players that I just mentioned, I think you know what the upset of the week was in my mind. What's that? There was a game between Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. They played against each other, and there were zero turnovers in that game. Wow. Carson Wentz tried. He fumbled twice, but his team recovered both of them. So, yeah, Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz played each other. Zero turnovers. Shocking development there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Especially with the fumbles. And then the last thing, um, did you watch the Sunday night game between the Patriots and the Ravens? I watched the first half, I think. Okay, so you didn't see the good half. Yeah, I went to bed early. I didn't watch all of it. That was so funny how hard it was raining. The last play of the game, the the Ravens are trying to do that, you know, like a 45-second drill, like trying to desperately drive down the field. And it's raining so hard that you can't even, like, see the field on TV. Yeah. And, and it got, like, worse and worse to the point where their last play was, like, a fourth and five. And it, uh, Jackson threw just, like, kind of a check down, like a little short out to J.K. Dobbins, who's wide open all by himself. And I just don't think he could see the ball. He just dropped it. Like a very right. slow little fluttery pass. And he just dropped it. It's like, ah. Nothing you could do about that. And then they started showing the post-game interviews and stuff, and it basically had stopped raining. <laughs> like, the skies opened up for the Ravens' last drive. And were like, like, they could – there was no way that they – like, they snapped the ball. Like, the center just, like, rolled a ground ball to Lamar Jackson. They lost, like, 20 yards. Um, they couldn't – nobody could hold the ball. Nobody could see anything. And then the game ended, and they're like, all right, rain's gone. Good job, yeah. Patriots. <laughs> Bill Belichick does it again. Yeah. But that was all I had. I didn't get to watch as much football this weekend because I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of softball games I had to play. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I had three softball games on Sunday. Wow. Um, missed a lot of football. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on before we take a break and do the preview for next Sunday? No, I think that's this is a good spot to take a break. All right, let's take a break. All right. I don't know what that ad was, but <laughs> hey, you should do it. I hope they actually put the ads in like they're supposed to, because that'd be I weird. I do too, because it, it, no it sound really stupid. <laughs> I know the I know the pre ads start when I'm putting all the links in and stuff, but I've never bothered to check if the middle of the show gets an ad like it's supposed to. But I, I do my job. Yeah, so. that's all we can do. Yeah. So the Panthers have a last week we kind of forgot who the Panthers are playing. And I did too, before I looked right before we started the show. Um, I think it's a chance for a get right game or it could just make everybody give up on the season. So a lot of stake on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Um, if we're three and eight, I think a lot of people are just going to pack it up and quit. Yeah. And especially coming. If the, the eighth loss is to the lions. Yeah. Yeah. The lions are kind of bad. Um, my only concern is that Teddy Bridgewater might not be able to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be out again. And Mike Davis dislocated his thumb. So we, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I don't think we talked about that. He dislocated his thumb. He was out for, I think, one drive, and then he came back in the game. After yeah, that dislocating his thumb. At all. Yeah. Um, but Christian McCaffrey's going to be out. Mike Davis could be out. Reggie Bonifant is on injured reserve. 
So our running backs are going to be Trenton Cannon, Rodney Smith, and Curtis Samuel. I liked Rodney Smith on Sunday. Yeah, he looked he, he pretty had good. Some pop. He had some pop. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Uh, it's just, I think your running backs don't matter theory might get tested out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> we be. might be running Rodney Smith and Trenton Cannon on Sunday. Yes. Um, at least it's against the Lions. Yes, that is so true. That helps. Um, and the it, we talked about this before the show. Uh, Matt Patricia, defensive specialist, with his awful defense. Yeah. So got that coming. Um, is the Lions are so hard to figure out because they do they play the same game every week, no matter who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like they they barely beat Washington, and they tried. And you know how they have their reputation of giving games away if they're kind of like the Midwestern Falcons. Yeah. Um, they tried to give the game away to Washington. They got up twenty-four to three, maybe twenty-four to nothing. Uh, they have twenty-four to three halfway through the third quarter, and then Washington scored twenty-one straight points to tie the game with six minutes left, and then they exchanged some field goals, and the Lions won because Chase Young committed a pa- uh, roughing the passer on a drive that the Lions started with 16 seconds left to help yeah, them get they field hit a, hit a, like a 59 yard field goal to win. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they, they got the ball back with 16 seconds left, uh, got a 10 yard completion and then roughing the passer and chase. And then they got another nine yard completion and kicked the field goal. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to get. So, yeah. So the lions are bad. Um, they don't really do anything really well. They're, they're like boring bad. Cause it's yeah. not like the Cowboys where the Cowboys have this like extremely inept defense or the jets who are just are laughably bad everywhere. Yeah. The, um, the, the lions are just bad and they're like <laughs> said, they're boring. Like there's like regular bad everywhere. They're just bad. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> there's no pizzazz there whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's nothing that's like extraordinarily good that's being held back by something that's extraordinarily bad, or there's just nothing extraordinarily bad that you can point to and be like, man, that's really bad. They're just kind of like, I mean, I guess you could say their coaching is extraordinarily bad. Yeah, that that's but that's not that's fun one area. But that yeah, that's yeah, nobody cares about that. Um, I just, I think if Teddy Bridgewater can play, I think we have a chance to win, mm-hmm. even with Christian McCaffrey out. Because, uh, you know, with with running backs, I mean, we could, you know, Rodney Smith and Trent Cannon can combine for 80 to 125 yards, which would probably be good enough. Uh, but I don't think we could win with P.J. Walker or Will Greer starting. I think uh, oh. the I think the quarterback experience disparity with Matthew Stafford and either Will Greer or PJ Walker would be too big of a hurdle. What so PJ Walker has been the backup when Christian McCaffrey's out cuz he's like the uh he's the the emergency running back. Yeah. So if Bridgewater's out, who gets the start? I honestly think they would start Will Greer. And then PJ Walker would also be the emergency running back again. And PJ, then PJ Walker could be the backup quarterback and the emergency running back. He could have double duty because if if both Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis are out, 
like we're bringing a guy in from the practice squad to to just be on the roster and then they'll use Curtis Samuel as you know probably he would probably get the the backup running back share of carries if not the yeah. primary share of carries and uh, I mean honestly I would hope they would just stick Curtis Samuel back there and just see what he can do as an actual running yeah. back that would be more fun to watch yeah it'd be interesting but, yeah but um I would think Will Greer would start at quarterback just in case another running back got hurt during the game. Because wasn't Will Greer the active quarterback when all of the running backs were healthy? Yes, Will Greer. Will Greer was the backup quarterback in Week One and Week Two, and then again um, against. Um, it was the Chiefs, right? The was it the no yeah. it was the the. Um, yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, when McCaffrey was um, back. When McCaffrey was back. Um, yeah, Will, Will Greer has been the backup quarterback when Christian McCaffrey has been healthy, which has only been three games. And <laughs> when is... Christian McCaffrey has not been on the field, it's been P.J. Walker. Yeah. Um, there is one other little caveat to all of this. Um, Matthew Stafford's questionable, too. Oh, he is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his hand is hurt. Oh, okay his right hand. So it's not like it's his important hand. Um, his x-rays were negative. I don't know what the exact specific injury is. Um, and it's Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, he tried to play through a broken back last year. Yeah. So I'm yeah, sure if he could, hold, yeah, <laughs> he has to be, he's playing the Lions. I'm sure if he can like physically hold a football, he'll play. Yeah. But that does add a little bit of a wrinkle to the, to the, prognosis like the prognosis of the game their backup is chase daniel <laughs> yes he uh i don't uh, he's there's one other guy and this is something i didn't talk about around the nfl the, the monday night game nick Foles got hurt and he got hurt with like 16 seconds left or something and tyler bray had to come in and try to yeah, lead a desperation I saw drive. A headline on twitter it said bears rely on um, Tyler Bray or something like that. And I'm like, of course they did. No, they didn't have another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like, and I look and he's thrown like one pass in his career before last night. It was in 2017 for the chiefs. And it's like, how do these people keep these jobs for so long? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at the lions roster right now. Chase Daniel has been in the league the exact same amount of time as Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And he's thrown like years. Well, he threw, he played a little bit last year, but for the most part, he just doesn't like, he never plays. Yeah. It's like, like Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn has made more money not playing quarterback yeah. as a backup than anybody else. He, um, has started five games in his career in He's 12 years since 2010. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and he's thrown 231 passes. He's never thrown more than 76 passes in a season. And it's like, how, how does this guy just like, like, what do they do to where like when a team needs a quarterback, they're like, you know who we can call chase Daniel. Yeah. Like why, why does he come up as the best option available? Yeah. All right. What's Tyler Bray doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I barely remembered that name. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another fun fact. I did not know this and the, because I'm, I haven't paid attention to the lions. Adrian Peterson on is on the lions. You didn't know that. No. Oh, he's he was their number one re- runner for a while. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I Like I said, I haven't paid attention to the Lions. 
yeah, he has. I guess they signed him like immediately right after Washington released him. Yeah, they signed him right before the season started and yeah, immediately okay. gave him 14 carries in week one. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I haven't paid attention to Detroit. So, so, and this is kind of in that like football guy, old school line of thinking that infuriates fans. Um, the lines of carry on Johnson, who I don't know what they think of carry on Johnson. Cause he was good as a rookie and he's been kind of meh since then. Um, and then they just drafted Deandre Swift, I think high in the second round, right? Yeah, I believe so. And, I'm sure the Lions, and I know he was hurt a lot in the preseason or in training camp and stuff. Um, yeah, they picked him 35th, so he's the third pick in the second round. Um, and I know, so I know there was some, you know, learning curve and all that stuff, but they uh, do all that, and then they just feed the ball to D- to Adrian Peterson in run situations. And I'm yeah, sure that, Lions fans hated that. Oh, because, I'm sure they do. Yeah, Carry on Johnson is pretty decent. Yeah, and, well. The big problem now is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is like actually good. Yeah. And they're actually giving him the ball now. Yeah. So um he had I think he's been getting more touches last week, I think, against Washington was his first start, which doesn't really mean anything in this running back. Uh but he averaged he had sixteen carries for eighty one yards and five catches for sixty eight yards and a touchdown. Um he's been getting lots of catches all season and he's been put up a few explosive plays when he's got so, carries. He's so, going to basically eat to hear Whitehead for lunch. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, um, it, he's yeah. Not, I mean, not that the Panthers do well with any running back, but if there is a, a type of running back that'll cause them problems, it's, it's this kind, kind of like, um, he's not obviously nearly the player, but like the Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler role. Yeah. Where, yeah, we do we, much better against guys like Adrian Peterson where all they do is just run straight at you. Mm-hmm. Like Leonard Fournette, other than that 50-yard run on that one play, we pretty much contained him in the two yeah. games when we played the Bucs. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we will struggle against a guy who can be a gadget, like, we, like Alvin Kamara, like you said. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this game now. <laughs> and then yeah and like we said there there's a there's a clear path for the the panthers to struggle with like i said with deandre swift and that in the handoffs and the short passing game um i don't know if he's going to be healthy but they've been using jamal who uh that is a smart thing um has been like a defensive back his entire career and but like an all pro punt returner and kick returner and they're like hey and never play defense. Like, what if we just gave him the ball on offense too? And yeah. like, you know, that might actually be a good idea. Um, he hasn't gotten any touches lately, but they have given him the ball on offense a little bit. And this would be the game. The Panthers would be the team to let Jamal Agnew take a reverse, like seventy-five yards. Yeah, kind of like we mean. put we let Miles Hartsfield be a running back just just for the hell of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, we might actually do. I didn't think about that. We might actually have to do that Sunday um, if he's still on the roster by then. Um, cause he played running back in college or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, they might just let him be a running back cause he's certainly not going to get any, any playing time in the secondary. Um, I, I, I just like when players, like when teams do weird stuff like that, just, yeah, I do too. They, I love it. They put like Hartfield safety, three carries for nine yards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, Shaq Thompson should get some time at running back. Too, <laughs> he did that at Washington uh, yeah. in college. So hell put him out there in a goal line package. 
I'm all for all that kind of have stuff. Have some fun with it. Like Just have with fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's a game. Yeah, Matt Rule's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, he's got a seven-year contract. And <laughs> even if he gets fired after this year, which would be idiotic, he's going to get paid a lot of money. So just do whatever you want. You've got at least three years before your your seat even gets any warmer than than a cool summer day. Like, <laughs> um, you know, you're you're fine. So if Teddy Bridgewater can't start, which I think that's what's going to happen because uh, he has a low-grade sprain on his MCL and his knee, and his right knee. Um, the not destroyed the knee. The not shredded knee, which that was, I think, everybody's concern when he first got mm. hurt. And they were like, well, we're taking him to get an MRI tonight. And my first thought was, oh, shit, is it the knee that he like almost lost the leg uh, you know, <laughs> however many years ago. And they said it was the other leg. So, um, but they said he's day to day, which Christian McCaffrey has been day to day since week two. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think they will probably give him the week off just to be safe. And who do you think, who would you start? quarterback probably i'd probably go with greer um i know he nobody i don't think panthers fans want to see him because he was so bad last year but this is a different yeah i i I would start i would start greer too because mccaffrey's hurt yeah um and you need pj walker to possibly run the ball maybe um but I do think Greer would be better in Joe Brady's offense than he was in Mike Shula's offense. <laughs> um, we have, and then I think people forget, like there were outlets that had Will Greer as like a, like borderline first round quarterback last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's a talented player. He's he a very talented player. He was really good at West Virginia. Yeah. And so like, I don't ever expect him to be a starter, but I do think, this offense is super quarterback friendly, which is why I think Teddy Bridgewater has looked like he's more than a game manager in it. And I think Will Greer would be much different in this offense than we saw in the past. Yeah, I think Will Greer has a chance to be the next Chase Daniel, um, <laughs> where he's going to stick around for 10 years and just a be a backup Yeah, that makes like five or six starts for his whole career. Um, but yeah, he's never going to be in danger of taking the starter's job but he's good enough to keep on the 53-man roster, and that's yeah. fine. Um, but, yeah, I think he would be much better in this offense than in the Mike Shula, North Turner, Scott Turner, whoever Turner. Um, <laughs> anybody offense. from the Turner family. Anybody tree, from yeah. the Turner or Shula family that we've ran for the last decade. Uh, so I think that's what they'll do too, but I'm not going to lie and I know we've talked about it in our Slack group. I would love to just just them to put PJ Walker out there and say, just do whatever you want to do. Um, <laughs> this is a backyard football game, and we don't care what the final result is. Just go play football and just see what happens. I mean, I'm for it. Just let him throw it 60 times. Just see what happens. Yeah, and and I I have been impressed with Walker's aggressiveness. Yeah. 
Yeah, anytime he comes in for a play, he throws it deep like almost <laughs> every single time. Yeah, he's he's out there to fling it. He's not out there to check it down. Yeah. But um in general, because it's about time we gotta wrap up the show. Uh I know I know I kinda talked you out of feeling good about this game on Sunday. Uh, what and it's really hard to predict because of the injury situation from both teams, but I guess we gotta do score predictions because we always do score predictions. So what's your score prediction? Yeah. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Like, this is a complete <laughs> shot in the dark. I'm going to say – I'm going to cheat. I'm going to hedge. I'm going to say if Teddy Bridgewater starts – Okay, that's fair. The Panthers will win 27 to 21. Okay. If Will Greer or – PJ Walker starts. I think Detroit will win 24 to 10 or 24 to 13, you know, something like that. When you started to say 20, I thought you were just going to like flip the scores around. I almost did. I almost (laughs) did. But no, I don't. I think with Will Greer or PJ Walker at quarterback, I don't think we'll score more than two touchdowns. So for me, how much I think I'm gonna do this I'll do the same thing. I'm gonna steal your your hedge. Uh if Teddy plays, we'll go Panther. It's gonna be close because Lions always play close games. Um Well, that's because you gotta keep it close. You gotta keep it within <laughs> one score. Yeah, it's a defensive minded uh approach there from Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia probably has that like crocheted or knitted <laughs> like in a frame over his desk or some shit. I don't know what goes on in Matt Patricia's brain. He's a weird dude. Yeah. Um, Panthers 31, Lions 27 if Teddy plays. If Teddy doesn't play, uh, Lions 28, Panthers 16. Yeah, we're right around the same wavelength. Yeah. I, I, I think if Teddy plays, we'll win, or we could win. We have a better shot at it. And yeah. I don't want to say that we don't have any hope at all if if Teddy doesn't play, because I don't want to put that like savior complex pedestal on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think the experience or lack of experience would be our the end. Like we wouldn't be able to overcome that with Will Greer yeah. or PJ Walker. Like if our backup was somebody like Chase Daniel or um somebody who's been around for a while, like Brian Hoyer or, you know, one of those kind of guys, I think we would even have a better shot no matter who played or next year when our backup is Teddy Bridgewater or next year when our backup is Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) Yeah. I I think we would, we would be okay either way, but when the backup, one of them is a second year guy and the other one is an XFL guy. I just, I think that's a big gap. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know Matthew Stafford is a um, – you either love him or hate him or whatever, and he's kind of a, I don't know, like a hot take generator quarterback. <laughs> um, but he's decent, and he's been around long enough where he can outduel Will Greer or P.J. Walker. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they have really good wide receivers. We didn't even talk about um, <laughs> the fact that they've got Galladay – and uh, they still have Marvin Jones, don't they? Yep. Um, and you know they they've got they've got T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Like they've got good weapons on offense. It's just a matter of can they find them? 
can can Matt Patricia <laughs> game plan an offense that wants to score points? Um, but you know, I I do think the key is is Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately. Yeah. So we're operating. Yeah. Uh, say we're operating the assumption that McCaffrey won't play. Matt Rule said he's hopeful, but he said he's he's been hopeful for the entire season. So yeah. There, I don't think I don't think McCaffrey's going to play, and I think. If he's out next week too, they should just shut him down for the year. Yeah, uh, but we'll yeah. talk about that next week. But yep. But I think that's enough for this show. I think so too. It's been about an hour. So thanks for sticking it out. Yeah, if you're still listening, we really appreciate your your dedication to this show. Uh, I'll wrap this up. But uh, thanks for listening to the Keep Sounding podcast. Uh, I'm assuming Brad and Brian will do a post game show on Sunday. It depends. Brian has been in and out of wanting <laughs> to do it. Um, so if if Brian is still available and hasn't bailed on us, we will. Uh, if if he has bailed on me, I'm I'm not going to talk for 20 minutes by myself. So yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. If not, at the very least, we'll be back for this show again next week. So thanks for guys listening. We'll see you later. Later, guys.